How much torture can one guy's voice stand? First, it was a sinus infection, then COVID. I just can't catch a break. <laughs> We've got Johnny Hetherington from Art of Dying on the show. And in the words of Art of Dying, if I can get through this, I can get through anything. <laughs> so we better do this before my voice gives out again. Labyrinths. Episode of Blabberbrains show. Yes, my throat is still hoarse, but not from the sinus. It's a long story. I don't want to get into it. Anyways, Michael Cadre here, the big M over there, oh, that side over there. And as you can see, we've already got our special guest, Johnny Hetherington, Johnny Hetherington, queued up on our first uh, segment of the show. So let's give him a big round of applause. Yeah. Showering. Showering. <laughs> <laughs> vocalist extraordinaire and songwriter and singer of art of dying and entrepreneur and fellow Canadian to the North. Thanks for coming on our show, Johnny. You and I've got a uh, kind of a long, weird history together that uh, since we're short of time, we won't get into right now, but uh, we have a great, great connection. And uh, you know, you're on our show right now uh, because um, you know, you are one of the hardest working guys in rock that I know. And I, I just wanted to get you on the show here. Art of Dying has come such a long way since I, you know, first met you back in 2012. And you guys have really been busting ass and gaining a good fan uh, base. And um, so uh, congratulations for all that. And, you know, we'll get into your entrepreneurship too. Also, while we're talking here, I know we're, we're kind of short on time today, which is why we only have one segment. But um I want to dig back into the past of, of, uh, of art of dying. And, uh, I'm sure that, um, you know, you, you guys, where did you, where did it start? Did it start in a basement in a, in a garage, uh, uh, on the streets? Like what, what, where, what is the background of, of, of how you guys got together? You nailed it on the streets there. Number three. So I was, uh, uh, playing guitar on a street corner in Vancouver. Well, um, you know, just, trying to get better at playing and singing together. And uh, some guys came by and heard, heard my voice, heard me singing and invited me out to rehearsal. And one of those guys was Greg Bradley, um, one of the founders of Art and Dying. So we just kind of uh, took that meeting and, and rolled with it, you know, got into the rehearsal space and started jamming away at songs. And um, uh, there's a great radio station in, Van in Vancouver called Fox, and they basically put on a contest, you know, we'd go and enter that. And, uh, um, one of the winners of that. So it just kind of helped, helped us progress. And there was always something to kind of keep us going. Obviously the music was the main thing, keeping us going and the message, but, um, we had little, little, uh, reasons to celebrate every couple, <laughs> every few months on something we were doing, whether it was just a, a small gig or, uh, it was just, it was good times, but you know, we were, we were, our rehearsal space was on the third floor of a walk up. So we were like, you know, we're those guys like three in the morning, there's the marshals right there, carrying those marshals up the three floors. And, you know, you're just so tired and, but it, it's worth every second of it. Right. Cause, cause this is yep. what we want to do. Wow. So, um, so what made you, uh, like, I mean, at what point in time did you say we're ready to take this? beyond Canada. Let's, let's get down to the States. Let's start playing down there. Was that a natural progression or did you say, look, we've, we built up a good, big enough fan base here. There's not a whole lot more we can do here. Let's, let's see where we can take this. What was the, what was the progression to get down here and start spreading music far and wide? 
we made it a target right right from the onset we we kind of said let's not even focus on canada like we we loved being from canada but we'd seen so many friends bands um you know succeed here and then not be able to go down the states it just wouldn't translate and we just right. said right right out of the gates we're like you know what let's not even focus on canada we don't need to go out to the east coast and play in halifax like as much as we love playing there now but we didn't want to spend all of our you know grocery money on touring Canada when we could try and get down to Seattle and try and get down to the States. Um, so we made it a goal and it was, I remember clear as day, like, you know, get signed to major record label US, you know, and it was like, that's right. our goal. Goals come true. Yeah. Dreams come true. <laughs> well, they, they, they come true for, for those that work for them. I mean, you know, long gone are the days that where where people get discovered, right? Um, and where bands were just flocking out to like LA and and getting discovered out there. Like nowadays, you've got to bust your ass to get to where you're at and to get anybody to listen to your your music. Um, and you know, uh, since you know, I, I wasn't there from the beginning, but I was kind of there from the beginning of of your of your label days. Uh, you know, in your first uh, major release. And, uh, you know, your music hit me like right off the bat. And, um, you know, I remember when you guys playing in Pittsburgh and, you know, I think it's just the, the music and yourself as a front man, you were just pulling everybody into the, to the show. Um, I, I think that's where you gain your fan base. It's not just from the music. It's the live experience of coming out and seeing the band. Cause you guys translate those vocals live, translate the music live. It's like a whole experience that you can listen to you know, with the CD or with the MP3s or whatever. And you that can see it live, you get the same thing. That was the other thing on our dream board there was pull everyone in. <laughs> Which honestly, okay. like, we didn't actually have that. But in, on my mental internal dream board, I mean, that's kind of always been the reason to want to sing, the reason to want to write songs was to have it translate and to have it come back, you know, from to have the audience kind of included in it. If you're just singing, you know, like, look at me, I'm awesome. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> we were always about the connection. We've always been about the connection and, uh, and having people feel the music and then sticking around and chatting with people about, about it after, because I mean, that's the greatest reward is, is people coming up and telling their story and, and, uh, and how the song changed their life, you know? Did you did you guys start out writing your own music, or were you also doing some covers and things like that? I'd be curious what you would have been playing in those early days. Yeah, never covers, always original. Um, we were really influenced by all the '90s bands like Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots, and the, just the whole grunge movement. And that's when, you know, I I can't remember a time when being original and and being emotional was more important like it was in the music it just that's why i got into those bands anyway it was just like they were just wearing their hearts on their sleeves their emotions were just right there for you to 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 witness and be a part of and you know you felt like you were included somehow when when eddie vetter sings you're like you feel like you're on a bit of a journey with them you know so that became our thing too was really like no covers i mean we 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 pulled out the odd like Stone Temple Pilots song just for fun every now and then. Um, even back in the early days when we were um, playing songs, our first albums out, and we realized, well, no one, no one's heard any of this yet, so we should probably throw in like 
I don't know, man in the box or something. (laughs) 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 We got to play one song people have heard, but luckily um, we were playing to pretty big audiences and and our label Warner brothers uh, was doing their job at radio. So, you know, soon enough people did know some of our songs. We were able to get back to all original. Cool. Yeah. um, You know, the, um, also the, the early days, um, I know that your, your first major release had a lot of, um, uh, recuts from the EP that you guys originally put out. Um, how did, did that progress in the studio? Did that progress live? Cause some of the songs are just slightly different than the original version, not a whole lot, but as far as like the production quality goes and, you know, some extra, you know, bigger sounds and stuff like that, did that, was that something to progress live or was that working with the producer? How did that end up uh, progressing? Yeah, interestingly enough, um, part of our story was um, Dan Donegan from Disturbed and, and David Draymond kind of discovered us and took us under their wing and kind of guided us through that time. Um, even the signing at Warner Brothers was through their imprint label. Um, oh. So it was kind of everything we did, we kind of bounced off them. Um, I remember, and even now, I'll flip back to some my notes from like 20. 2010 when we were working on that album and stuff and and there's times when we didn't want to do any of the songs off the ep you know the band was feeling like we want we got fresh songs man we don't want to do that old ep you know that came out in 2007 why are we doing this and dan would settle us down and just say guys you know there's something about these songs that's that's why we're getting involved we gotta the world needs to hear these songs you know your indie indie album uh you did a great job with it but we want a whole world to hear these songs so we really want you to stick with you know get through this and um sorry and some of those songs that were well not sorry actually that wasn't on the original but um you know inside it's raining um a bunch of them got tweaked a bit and we did that yeah under the guidance of howard benson who um he recorded half the album and then Danny actually stepped in and produced the second half of the record. So it was kind of like this, this progression of working with two different producers, almost two versions of each of those songs and bouncing that off our old um, original independent version of those songs. So yeah, we were sick of them. <laughs> we were like, <laughs> yeah, but you know, the, public, the general public wasn't familiar with those songs. So, you know, you kind of got to, you got to look at it that from that point of view. And the other thing I wanted to ask, I mean, is the 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 writing style at least from that era was it natural for you to just write that way or was there like an intentional thing of we've got to be putting together songs that like the crowd gets uh, involved with because a lot of those songs they're sing-alongs right you're the crowd is singing along with the song because they're they're almost like design like meant for it now whether that was like unintended or, or totally intended doesn't really matter. The, 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 they're perfect songs and hooks for people to sing along to. I love that it turned out that way, but it definitely wasn't planned. It was, um, you know, most of those songs I wrote just in, I worked at this crappy futon store in Vancouver and I would bring my, I would bring my guitar to work. And when no one was in the store, I would just, I would just sit in the back and like, melodies and lyrics and, and ideas on, on a little tape recorder, you know, and um, like get through this came in, in that store and it came real quick. Like I wrote the whole thing in, I want to say half an hour, it just popped out, you know, um, and same with brain, 
outside it's raining. It was just, I remember just sitting there struggling with that chorus. I think that was the one that where a customer busted me on that. Cause I was, I was like sitting in, in the back room, like, I'm, you know, inside it's raining. And, uh, and you know, I was working on these melodies and never lets up. And all of a sudden I, I, I feel this presence. I turn around. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm just uh, <laughs> just playing guitar here while you're trying to shop here. And he's I'm got a great story now, out. though. Right. Please don't tell me. He's got a great story now. I'm not meeting you. Don't get me fired. So I think, I mean, just trying. Those songs were all written just trying to stay real true to to who we we are, who we were then. You know, I try and came together super quick too. Where Greg showed me the riff. He just showed me the dance, nah, 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 nah. and I just, um, we were out of rehearsal space. It was just the two of us. And I love playing drums. It's my guilty pleasure. I, I'm terrible, just absolutely terrible, but I love the energy. So I got behind the kit and I'm just like animal back there, you know, just, just all, hair and <laughs> stick, all hair and sticks, right? And uh, so we're jamming three, four, you know, like, bam, 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 and I'm just playing the drums and screaming, no mic. And it just came, the energy came from that experience. So I could see why it would translate, you know, in front of a big audience and they want to sing like, if it takes bar effort. It was right. so fun to kind of get along, get involved with those lyrics, especially in those shots. It's fun. Well, the other thing is, um, and again, there's been a lot of progression with Art of Dying over the years. And some of it seemed like it was experimental. It always had the core sound of Art of Dying, but, but a lot of the stuff, um, and I would even go back and we'll, we'll talk about this in, uh, coming up, uh, some of the new stuff that you guys have been teasing on social media, um, have the Art of Dying sound, but it sounds like you're experimenting with different things. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I don't know if we we are as much as it's just a progression, right? Um, what's, what I find super interesting is, so like if you look at a case study of a song, like, like Get Through This or something like that, it's like something written in a futon store in 2007 that gets onto a record with Warner Brothers in 2010 that's released in 2012. And then it's released as the, the second single in maybe 2013 and then you're on stage like eight, nine years later playing this song that, that you love. Um, but it's just such a interesting progression of case save a song, um, a song like the one we'll probably talk about soon. We have a new song called let's go. I wrote it, um, in a hotel room in Las Vegas, uh, like five weeks ago. (laughs) Yeah. So it's so it's funny how you can write a song that's very true to you and it can stay true your whole time. But what the audience is hearing is 10 years ago, you know, how you felt 10 years ago when something happened to me. Now, I think what's really interesting about the way technology's caught up and we can do things quicker is now I can write a song in a hotel room in Vegas and Tavis, you know, and the band can we can remotely do our parts and have it not only mixed, mastered, and ready for, you know, consumption um, in as little as, I think this is the quickest one we've ever done, where we just wrote it, 
put it out five weeks later. It seems really like, I I don't know if you can do it faster than that, but I find from from the listener's point of view now, it's kind of like they can know exactly how we're feeling right now about something rather than 10 years ago. It's kind of cool. I'm I'm hearing um, some different sounds that I normally hear from when the teaser for let's go. And which is cool, but the song itself, at least the teaser portion that I've heard, um, it sounds a lot of it just reminds me of it's just, it's just classic art of dying. It's it's uh it's a catchy song, it's got a good hook, it's got good riff, uh it's heavy. Um, it's everything you want in a song, right? <laughs> oh, it's, so, I think um, the the biggest progression you're probably hearing now is Tavis and I have kind of taken over as the main writer production team so you're hearing and and we know each we know each other so well now that it's it's so many years i don't i haven't done the math but it's you know over a decade together of writing hundreds of songs that no one's ever heard you know because they never made they never made the record or whatever um but now we just know each other so well is i'll say well you almost don't even need to speak it's like you just you do your parts and you go that's perfect like he'll do a solo on a, on a song and I'll be like, you know, 10 years ago, I would have been like, oh, why don't you try something a little different? Like maybe a bendy thing there that's not, you know, like something like, because we're just getting to know each other. Now, I just love his guitar playing so much that I know what he's going to do is, is perfect. And it's the same on vocals. Like I'll, I'll lay down my vocals all by myself, which is another kind of great thing like i've always loved working with producers because they push you and and they they get you to change things and uh try new things but now i i love just recording my own vocals by myself because it really it's almost like um i don't know if you do yoga i don't do a lot of yoga but i've done enough (laughs) to know like that it's a it's a personal thing like i don't do it with i don't go to a yoga class i don't do i don't have a yoga instructor and i think that it would just be weird having somebody it's the same kind of analogy, right? Like you're doing your yoga. It's very personal. And if you had a, a producer there saying, you know, <laughs> right. don't do that, don't try that, that. you know, flip yeah. it around. What are you doing? You know, that, that sucks. <laughs> Take a break, go get lunch, you know, come back. Right. Um, so obviously I'm, I'm totally, uh, it works both ways. You want that yoga instructor there to help you and get you better at what you're doing. Right. But also um, the freedom of being by yourself and really being able to become personal with the performance without anyone else around is very, uh, I love that now. So it's something Tavis and I are doing a lot of where we're just got an idea, got a lyric, holy shit, this thing's coming together quick, isn't it? And then next thing you know, we're sending a couple files back and forth and, and we've got something out. So let's go. It's one of those tracks. I'm really excited about it. Is that why you got you kind of gotten this um, rhythm of something that a lot of other bands have been doing uh, lately over the last few years is doing these one-off singles rather than you know full-length albums because like you said you can get it to the the public faster because you're not working on writing the whole album recording the whole album polishing the whole album before it gets out there it's like you got an idea for a song you perfect that song and boom the the, the public has it. Um, you find that to be, uh, better from a productive standpoint and from a keeping the fans engaged standpoint. 
I love them both. You know, like I miss, I miss albums. Um, when we did Armageddon, that full length record, um, we did it with uh, a producer Daver, our friend here in, in Vancouver and him and I, it, it took a year, you know, to get, which is normal. It took a year to get the right. songs done, get the production done. And then, you know, you really play around with the, the, the artwork and the, the order in which the songs come on the record. You really like, wake up in the middle of the night. No, no. Number three needs to be down there. Number seven needs to bump up. Like, <laughs> you know, these things that really stress you out when you're releasing a full album. I love that. And I love albums that are beautifully arranged. Like that used to be a credit, right? On an album. The arrangement yeah. It's just like somebody actually, or the order, you know, it's like somebody ordered this album. It's, it's important to, you know, which song came first, which song came last and how the story unfolded. But I love now, like you said, the um, the ability to put out one song every time you're feeling like you you want to or need to. It's 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 more selfish. You just like you're in the moment. You know you you know this can be out soon rather than two years from now. So it's kind of um, it's a guilty pleasure to be able to release all the time. And we've taken full ad, full advantage of that. The last you know the pandemic really kind of pushed us into it where it was this idea of why don't we get busy instead of waiting for this thing to end, let's just get busy and, and work on all these songs we, we have kicking around and how should we release them? Like, do we want to do a record? No, let's, let's, everyone needs music. Let's get one out now and we'll get another one out in a couple months. We'll get another one out in a couple months. And that's been a really nice kind of pace to release music. Yeah. I would think you would get more people to listen to. I've always thought about that now because of how technology is and people aren't going out and going to a physical store and buying your 10 or 12 song release. And I, I guess I've always looked at it as with today's technology, the less that you put out at one time, you're going to have just as many people who are probably going to download and listen to that versus 12 songs. So why not just put out, like you're saying, put out a single here and there or do an EP or a few songs. I just think you get more people listening, whether they're, you know, purchasing it or they're just adding adding it to a playlist seems like totally. people now are more cherry picking stuff out of 10 or 12 songs but if you kind of slowly put that out there they'll probably end up if they like you it'll probably end up checking out listening to it and sharing more of what you're actually doing yeah and you see it and you see it in the numbers too like the last uh couple albums we put out you could just see, and maybe it's part of how, partly how we ordered the album, but you can see song one, two, three were really the most popular songs. There's the odd time there's like a, a, a hit further down the list where usually maybe a ballad that really connects with someone, but like song seven or eight, and that can kind of come out of that mix. But you do see the, the top end of the album getting more plays. And so like your logic would suggest there, right? If you just release one song, it's the top end of the album every time. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, does that... Uh, track one, baby. Track yeah. one. <laughs> track one every time. <laughs> does that uh, does that put any pressure on you guys? Like when you know you're going to hit the road to start playing live to maybe make sure you have so many like in the can or, or if you have some ideas to get them out there before you get on the road? Or is it still a nice luxury that you can even do that like while you're on the road? Like, get another release out. Yeah, we've always written on the road, so it's never been, we, we're a fortunate band in the sense that there's no, um, there's never been writer's block. There's never been a period of time where we didn't have a 
a whole bunch of creative ideas. Um, we wrote, there's um, on the Rise Up record, there's a ballad called Everything. And we wrote that song backstage while Disturbed was on stage. Like we were in our dressing room, just feeling the vibes of a great show, hearing this rumble of Disturbed playing still. And Greg's got his acoustic out. And what about this, man? And I just started singing over top of it. And next thing you know, that was, you know, we were rehearsing it every night before, you know, trying to get it further and further as a song. And um, the other bands on the tour would stop by and be like, hey, what's that you guys are working on? You know, it was like, <laughs> what's, that? what's that? I like that song. So we've always been writing on the road. We would even, you know, stop in, if we had a little break in Chicago or something, we'd, we'd get a rehearsal space and try and get a few done. So um, we've never had a problem. I like, I like writing wherever we are. Well, that being said, um, what was like, now I'm trying to remember how many years ago this was, uh, cause it was probably five years ago, maybe or so. When did Nevermore come out? So we released that after, um, right after Rise Up. So I want to say 2015, 2017. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's like been that. a while. Jeez. Time flies, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Rise Up but, was 2015. Uh, Cause that Were those was with songs that uh, you had left over or. Um, okay. That's a great question. See, this is the old, uh, songs that, yeah. Songs that were around. We ended up writing most of those songs. I want to say in Nashville. Um, there was a time where we spent in Nashville. We, we had a, just a creative week and some of those songs, um, made different records and some of those songs are still coming out now. Um, but there's, there are times in your life where you just have these bursts of creativity and they just, you, you reached some sort you reached through, you know, to some sort of other side and got a bunch of songs that I often listen to. Um, I, I love Aerosmith and I often listen to old Aerosmith and you can hear actually a great, great. One of the greatest times ever in my life, Tavis and I stayed up for, I think, 36 hours playing heads heads up poker just the two of us listening to the entire Aerosmith catalog on repeat and we just you know we were in a dark we were in uh Kale's um garage in Ontario so there's no windows so we just didn't know what time of day it was (laughs) classic they open the door it's like sunlight Ah, (laughs) but you could hear on those older Aerosmith, Aerosmith tracks, you could hear that, uh, that do cat, do 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 cat, do the walk this way. You could hear the riff, right. the, the drum beat. You could hear them working on it as the albums progressed. I can't really call out the songs right now, but you can hear that beat in different songs. You can hear them trying to mess around with that riff and they still right. release those songs because those are great, you know, great time to make an album where pretty much everything you write probably goes on it. And, um, and then you can hear this hit come out of that. So that was kind of like when we were in Nashville at the time. We just we had these ideas, tear down the wall, came out of that. Uh, uh, the song we just released a couple of months ago that's kind of been, out of all the songs we released on our own as, as a single, um, the, the song called um, Ready for a Good Time is, it's just become a, a hit for us. We just, you know, we put it out and like, what's going on with this thing? It's going crazy. So um, um, that's a fun, the same a fun song. That's why. 
Yeah, exactly, right? Um, and we have another song called uh, Phoenix that's going to come out. We're going to work on that probably in the next couple months. That came from the same exact time. So, um, yeah, it's hard to know. I, I don't even remember your question now. I just rambling. <laughs> I don't remember what he asked you either. <laughs> well, I didn't know whether um, Nevermore was like just like a handful of songs you wanted to hurry up and get out there or whether they were left over from like albums that you didn't make it on the album because – Personally, I think it's 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 a small collection of some of your best work. I mean, it's it's a it's a fantastic album, and if you're not uh, playing torn down on, on every single sh uh, sh show you play, you're doing yourself a disservice. It's one of your best songs. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. We worked with uh, with a guy named Mark Holman. He was coming up in Nashville, and um, we wrote all of those songs with him, I believe. And he produced all of those songs as well. So um, you're right. Now that I'm thinking about it, we kind of went with that album. We kind of called up Mark and said, hey, dude, you know these uh, songs we've been working on together? I think, I think we want to just put them out. They're really good. And he said, yeah, sure, right. go for it. So we did. Um, and that, that definitely that had the Mark Holman uh, kind of vibe all over it. We love that. that he's uh, he's a great guy. To work. He's um, just a super super nice guy and a super great producer and great musician in his own right. So that was the Tavis and Johnny and Mark uh, kind of experiment, which was fun. <laughs> awesome. So um, yeah, so you got this new song coming out called "Let's Go." Um, it'll be out by the end of this week, and uh, and you mind if we uh, preview of a little bit for, for people? I know they've probably been seen on social media, but you know, maybe our audience hasn't been exposed to it yet. So only play like a little, little snippet of it for, for everybody. And uh, then we can talk about it. World premiere. Let's go. World premiere. <laughs> this is art of dying. Let's go. beginning I wouldn't change a thing if I knew All I want is up the mountain And I bet my life on that truth No time to celebrate No time to slow down We got this, come on Let's go, let's go No time to celebrate No time to so there you have it, a little teaser for Let's Go by Art of Dying. It's coming out March 10th, live in front of your naked steaming ears. This was the world premiere here. Anyways, as you notice, we're, uh, we're less one man. The big M had to jump off there. Uh, he just couldn't take any more. He just was like, you know, this is just too much awesomeness. I think I'm going to explode. Uh, so he had to just jump <laughs> off there. He took it too literally. He's like, ah, let's go. I mean, I, I'm going now. Well, let's yeah, go. he said, let's go. He thought it was time to go. Well, he knew we were going to be talking about uh, uh, your your business as well, because I'd like to get into talking about uh, your your entrepreneurship with uh, Johnny Hetherington Essentials. So that might be a good segue into that. Uh, what uh, what what prompted this? It seemed like it came out of nowhere uh, several years ago, and uh, you know, not something you see from you know many musicians or frontmen or something like that so what what spawned this whole thing 
Yeah, actually, I came home from tour um, and my wife and I were thinking about starting a family. And that was, um, that was it. We started to eat better and look at labels and <laughs> read, read all the junk that's in the stuff we're eating. Um, and just decided I have a, I, you know, I have a cooking background myself. I just cooked my whole life through school and um, just my first jobs outside of high school and stuff. So we decided to make our own clean sauce. Um, and we started with hot sauce because that's what I love. Then my daughter was born and she's just nuts about ketchup. So we created some clean, clean food ketchups for her. And, um, and then we launched uh, a bunch of barbecue sauces. And we've just always been about, you know, trying to um, give people a better option out there than what, you know, what we've been used to. There's enough, you know, high fractals corn syrup and there's enough junk in what we eat. Um, and, and, you know, there's, it's, there's so much sickness and, and I think people need to, you know, look to what they're eating as a possible answer to, you know, um, all the things that are plaguing us, you know, just healthier, healthier future, probably going to start with food. Right. So we're hoping that it's a, you know, we're hoping people start to want to eat healthier. And then our other big thing with, with the whole lineup is just flavor. It's not, um, it's flavor first. Right. So it's not, it's not healthy and shitty tasting. (laughs) We went for the full, uh, the full flavor and it's tough to do. It's tough to pull off, you know, great flavor and clean. And that's kind of what makes us unique. Um, So yeah, we're just, we're out there doing it and we're just uh, having a lot of fun getting, getting some healthier options out there. You obviously must be doing uh, something right because uh, you know it, it it didn't come and go. It's it's been around for for a few years now, and uh, I, I see that you're you guys are now offering uh, part ownerships. Now you're selling off uh, some stakes in the company. Is that correct? Yeah, it was just the two of us for the longest time, and um, this you know we we grew the company um, to where we were really happy with it out here in in BC where we're from. So we're in a couple hundred grocery stores out here and everything's going well. And we finally got to the point where let's grow this thing, you know, let's, um, let's expand. Um, you could probably throw up a link to our, uh, our page, but we yeah, have a campaign basically. Yeah. It, it's, you can just buy shares in the company um, as an investment and, you know, uh, it, what, whatever money you're putting in helps us expand to um, Eastern Canada is our, well, we have three, three big targets, Eastern Canada, so Ontario, Quebec, but United States is our other big target that we're looking to expand to. And then uh, also Amazon. So we partnered with nice. some really strong, you know, not to bore everyone with the grocery business, but we've partnered with some really strong brokers in each territory. So we've got a, a great broker in Canada, a broker in the Pacific Northwest that's connecting us to, um, to new accounts and distributors and hopefully we'll just be able to have that clean option everywhere, you know? So it's, um, it's going to be a interesting few years. This is the first time we've opened up the company to investment, but um, it's originally it was only open to Canadians, but we actually found a little uh, workaround for us citizens. So if you want to invest in something like that, um, just reach out to me or to our front funder. The uh, there's a bunch of perks in there too. Right. So uh there's uh, the top tier perk is art of dying comes to your house and plays and, uh, and have, we have a party at your place. And 
There you go. All the way down to, um, you know, it starts at 250 bucks. So that's kind of the, the, uh, the whole campaign. Something for everybody. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely put the link in, in the description down below. Make sure you click on that and check that out. What do you got uh, in the works with that right now? What, what, uh, what kind of new sauces are you working on? Are you just working right now on, on trying to get out there what you've already got out there? We're always coming up with new stuff because we love to cook. So we're always in the kitchen uh, working on new things. And we have a bunch of, of ideas, but we're kind of uh, not focusing on that right now. We're, I'm on my way to Anaheim right, right here for uh, there's a big food show down uh, in Anaheim called Expo. I just got back from a big food show in Vegas. So it's like, it's like I'm on the food tour right now. <laughs> it's just kind of fun. you <laughs> be on the food it's network good, soon. It's good timing because I haven't been uh, traveling with COVID and now this is kind of forcing me to get back to traveling. So Toronto, Vegas, Anaheim, kind of those are good towns to kind of go and spread the word. Have you thought about, uh, you know, Shark Tank or anything like that, trying to get it on the Shark Tank? Uh, you know, I've thought about it. I haven't. I haven't thought about it enough to actually go, you know, reach out to anyone, but maybe, maybe someday. This is kind of our mini shark tank right now. This is like yeah. probably a better time to get in. They'll tell you the retail space is the hardest thing to get into, especially with something like this. However, what I notice on that show of things, uh, of products and brands like this, that, that tend to do well with their investments are ones that have great taste and are very healthy uh, for you. So you're right in the wheelhouse of something that, you know, Lori or whoever would be interested in probably investing in. So might not be, uh, you know, too bad to, to look into that maybe in the near future. So Good idea, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so what, what, uh, what's Art of Dying got next? Uh, you got a, uh, any touring coming up? We don't actually. The band's on tour with uh, with Adam Dante right now, so they're out on the road with uh, his new band called Saint Sonia. Um, yeah, so I'll that. now, um, and then uh, um, they needed a sub for guitar on this tour, so Tavis jumped at the opportunity. So it's kind of uh, I'm really so happy for the guys that they're on tour, but it's it's also kind of like, oh man, my whole band's on the road without me. <laughs> You're getting the itch, huh? <laughs> well, it's I'm awesome. pretty sure that, uh, go ahead. Adam's just, he's such a good guy and he's sang on a bunch of our songs and um, we've written together and he's just a uh, great guy. You know, I lost my voice on a tour back when we were uh, doing some of those big outdoor festivals and I was doctor voice rest for a couple, couple serious days and Adam, you know, stood up and sang for me at our shows. So it's kind of like that all over again. So it's pretty fun nice. to have, uh, have him around. Yeah. So I miss you boys. Related to they're out there yeah. They're both Gantes. They're, they're, um, they're both from the same hometown. They're, they're brothers. No, their dads are brothers and their moms are sisters. You know, it's, it's <laughs> kind of a, a backwoods Ontario thing, but no. <laughs> Sounds like a West Virginia thing, but only in Canada. <laughs> the math, if you write it out, the math works, right? You, right, the math right, actually right. Works out. But yeah, no, they've, yeah been close, they've been close their whole lives. And, you know, they they look, they have a similar thing. Just they, they both sing well. They're both great at anything they pick up and play. So, yeah, awesome guys. Right. 
Well, that's awesome, man. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, to the new single coming out on March 10th. Uh, let's go. Looking let's forward go. to any, any you know, if you did that in, uh, what'd you say it was, 10 days or something like that? Um, you know, if you, if you, if you put that together in a matter of a couple of weeks and I can imagine what you guys are, are going to be doing throughout uh, 2023 here, we'll probably get a few more releases from you guys, I'm sure throughout the year. So, well, yeah. And, so, uh, yeah, so it's great having you on the show here, Johnny. And, um, you know, I also want people to definitely check out the links below. That's how you're going to follow Johnny. It's how you follow Art of Dying. That's how you'll get to uh, the Johnny uh, Hetherington Essentials and check out the, all the products. Hopefully you buy something and hopefully maybe you even invest in the company. Who knows? Uh, like he said, there's something for everybody $250 on up. So, and maybe if you got a little extra cha-ching, you can get Art of Dying coming playing a, a private gig at your home. So that'd be really cool. So Sounds like fun. anyways, yeah, definitely. So John, I wish I was uh, enjoying a cigar. Here like something we'd like to yeah. Uh, uh, one time, uh, the big M and I, we had a, uh, uh, a plan to do a, a, a big, um, kind of a, a cigar, uh, round table on Blabberbrain show where we have all of our cigar smoking buddies just get on here and let's just, you know, start chatting. Never came together, but we still got to pull something like that together. So nothing better than, uh, rock and roll and, and, and cigars and, and, uh, BS and shooting the breeze. Right. So, totally, man. I'll, I'll hopefully right, invite me for that one. I'd love to do it. <laughs> uh, we'll definitely keep you on the list for that. I, I'd, I'd like to still pull something like that together. So anyways, so, uh, for the big M who's no longer with us, but hopefully he's doing fine. Johnny Hetherington from Art of Dying, and I am Michael Cager. We will see you next time on Blabber Brain Show. See you.